My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. Uh, today's episode is about working from home, of course, because we've all been doing that for what feels like forever, and uh, how we've grown a little tired of it and mixing our personal lives with our work lives. Uh, according to an August IBM survey, work from home fatigue has definitely kicked in. The percentage of Americans saying they want to continue working from home at least part-time, declined from more than 80% in July to just 67% in August. And what's more, uh, only 50% said they want to work from home all of the time, which is down from 65% in July. Other issues raised in the survey are about uh, trust, transparency between employer and, and employee, job security, and mental health. To talk about these issues is Andy Britt a senior partner for IBM Services Talent and Transformation. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with experts in IT, AV, cybersecurity, unified communications, collaboration, cloud computing, and more. And now here is Andy Britt. Yeah, so what can so what can companies do? Um, um, I think leading companies recognize that there is no playbook for this. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that leading companies are doing is, 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 first of all, putting in processes whereby they listen to their employees, get feedback loops and dialogue with their employees so that together they can create working policies that are going to work for their uh, employees. It's just a recognition that in many of these issues, we we don't quite know what the right answer is. What's the right balance of working from home, working 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 remotely? So so good organisations, good employers are, are starting to involve their employees in this ongoing dialogue around what we're going to do about this and 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 how do we, how how do we respond as an organisation? Secondly, good employers are recognizing or rediscovering the importance of empathy. Um, and um, what, what, what do I mean by that? Um, some of the initial conversations I had with journalists about how organizations were going to respond were very much focused on how are you going to make sure that your employees are working? How are you going to check that they're online? How do you make sure that they continue to be productive when they're at home? And those companies who are doing well, I would say, are companies that trust their employees rather than track their employees. So they assume that their employees are going to be working hard and enable them to do so rather than putting in place checks, balances, measures to be checking up on what their employees are are doing. And when you start from a trust 
mindset rather than a kind of track mindset, then actually it enables you to um, really empower your employees. So, for example, um, at IBM, we issued fairly early on a working from home pledge. And that was a commitment to our employees that we recognized how difficult it was going to be for many people to work from home. And therefore, we wanted to give people space to um, to set their own work schedules. If they've got to look after kids or elderly parents or if they've got a homeschool, then they may have to adjust their working pattern. That was fine. Secondly, we recognize that not everyone wants to be on a Zoom call or switch their camera on. So we said it's perfectly permissible not to have your camera on. Um, we even said we wanted to be kind. We recognized the stress that people were under. And indeed, you, you, there was another um, stat I saw that 69% uh, of uh, employees said this was the most stressful time of their career for various reasons. Um, and therefore, as an employer, we want to be really kind to our employees. Again, how can we be kind? Um, we can say that um, meetings now um, are not going to last an hour. They're going to be 45 to 50 minutes because we recognize people need a break. Um, we're not going to schedule meetings over lunch times. Um, we're not going to schedule meetings after six o'clock at night. So we want to be kind to our employees and recognize that they're dealing with a lot at this time. So um, I had another phrase that the uh, this uh, in this time, we all need to be CEOs, chief empathy officers. So recognizing that um, that our employees need understanding and support during this time rather than uh, a set of rules and regulations and uh, uh, and checks and balances. Mm -hmm. Um, another uh, part of the study that I found interesting um, is that, that millennials are feeling the impact most heavily. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, um, again, uh, some different data points here. One was um, a lot of millennials join an organization, uh, a company, because they want to learn new skills. And the way that they do that is most commonly by interacting with people uh, having a coach, having a mentor, working together, often physically in the same room. And all of a sudden, they've lost that. Secondly, millennials really thrive on that network, network of peers, uh, typically joining an organization as part of a cohort of kind of graduates or young professionals. So you've got an immediate network of people that you know, you build relationship with, and you then start to use to collaborate, share information. Now, those networks can exist virtually, but perhaps the evidence is they're perhaps less strong. They're less formed than they would be if you had met face to face at work and, and socially. So that's one reason why we think millennials will be struggling. And um, secondly, another reason is that a lot of millennials, if you take a place like London, will be living you know, in a shared flat. They won't have a work area, so they might have to work in their bedroom. Um, and have to do all the work that they were doing before in their bedroom, um, you know, for long hours on end in, in lockdown. And being away from your family, not being able to have physical contact and part of a social network um, in a confined space uh, with no, no means of getting out, that can be, that can be quite stressful. Having said that, you could argue, but well, millennials have grown up, you know, virtually, you know, this is the technology that they have, uh, they've got used to. 
Um, but perhaps they've realised, as probably we all have, you can't, you know, you can't survive on uh, uh, on WebEx alone. You do right. need ultimately some some relational context. Yeah, it is interesting how in March and April we're like, oh my God, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, WebEx, Blue Jeans, these are all great. You don't even need to go into the office because you have these applications. But now we're finding that they really don't go far enough. So, what what does remote work technology? Um, what has to improve about it? You know, for us to really get over that 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 burnout and those mental health struggles. Yeah, that's a that's a really good that's a really good question. Well, the first thing that probably needs to improve about it is the way that we use it. So I don't want to put all the pressure on the technology. Um, the technology is actually great, and uh, this pandemic has used us to, uh, to to harness the rich functionality that's already there. For example, you know, um, organisations beginning to use the chat functionality more so that when they're having a conversation and they've got 20 or 30 people online they start to use the chat to raise questions pass comments and share knowledge you know simultaneously in parallel to the main meeting what a what a great way of getting further insights they're starting to use the polling or questionnaire feature particularly on large gatherings so that uh, um, in a way that's perhaps more difficult to do in a face-to-face -face, um, a meeting, you can say, what do people think of this idea? Let's vote on the options now. Or why don't people articulate? What do you think are the main risks? And again, do some assessment um, using the polling functionality. So that's the first thing. Use, you know, we need to harness the technology that's there. There's obviously new technology that then organizations are beginning to discover. Uh, and I'll give you an example, Mural. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that, which, again, is a great tool for doing online collaboration, knowledge sharing and ideation, where you get everyone to um, to 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 participate at the same time and, you know, run a virtual workshop. And actually, when you use those tools well, Zach, you almost get to the point when you when you see actually we could do as good a job as we could as if we were in a face to face environment i know we lose some of the physical cues um you know and the relationship uh, you know bonding that takes place but the fact these tools are so good means that you can um uh, you, you can be as productive if not more productive uh, than when you were before but then i think your question was well um, um, what should the technology, you know, or how could it be improved? And I think it's probably, it's, it's where it's fully integrated. So at the moment, for some meetings, organizations have to use different technologies. So they'll use one technology to do the conference call. They'll do another technology, perhaps to share information. They'll have another technology where they store their files. And you wonder, wouldn't it be better if everything was integrated so you don't yeah. have to switch platforms, but you can do everything in the one in in the one platform. Right. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, wasn't it um, Microsoft Teams, WebEx and Zoom have floated the interoperability between the three platforms? And, yeah. yeah. And yeah, exactly. And that makes and that makes absolute absolute sense um obviously you may be aware one of the reasons why some of these technologies are preferred over other others are due, are due to issues of security and and policy 
you know, security and privacy is 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 a critical issue. So that will be another area where the tech giants need to improve. It's got to be completely secure, completely private, private, and um, uh, and that way, you know, uh, you know, organisations will continue to use them. If you talk about um, employees investing in in their own, um, you know, career development during the during the pandemic, I think the the survey found that thirty boost. 32% of American workers are uh, taking more online courses. Yeah, again, that's a that's another sort of big issue. Now, I think there's a couple of things behind that. One is that when you are working from home and when you don't have that commute, um, for some people, there's a little bit more space in their day. Um, and when they, when they just have a longer line or, or, or they've got, slots where because they're online anyway it makes sense i've got a gap i can do some online learning and organizations i think have realized that so they've been trying to encourage and push more learning out to their to employees so it's a natural thing to do when you haven't got the contact and the collaboration and of course all the face-to-face -face courses have been cancelled everything shifts to, to to online learning and at ibm now um actually throughout september and november we've got a whole series of virtual universities that we are running where we invite people for kind of like two to three hours at the start of each day over consecutive days and we do some structured education and knowledge sharing interactive with polling with assessments um, but you know, we're recognizing that this is the way that people are going to learn. They're not going to go to a training establishment. The second reason why I think there's been a drive is that most organizations and probably most employees are realizing that when we come out of this pandemic and with the economic shock and the disruption to demand and supply chains, you know, industries and businesses are going to be reshaped. And it is likely, is it not, that not all jobs will survive? And many people are realizing I need to be fit for the future. Therefore, I ought to use this time, any available time I have to make sure that I am uh, my skills are up to date and that I'm refreshing my capabilities and starting to develop those skills and competencies that in the new world, in the return to the new normal, are going to be in high demand. Um, in IBM, we try and promote actively the hot skills which we think all of our consultants and professionals need, the skills that we think are going to shape the sort of next generation uh, or the future of the technology industry. And Zach, you'll be familiar with them. It's everything like technical skills, AI, blockchain, quantum computing, automation. but it's also methodologies, design thinking, agile um, and uh, um, and in our case, we also need very strong industry skills, whether it's in pharmaceuticals or banking and capital markets. So we make that training available, but we also identify these are the hot skills we think you need. And um, in our case, we're starting to reward people more on the skills that they've got or the skills that they are attaining rather than their past performance, because we think skills is the future currency of business and it's going to be the way that a lot of organizations are going to have to recalibrate um uh how they uh how they go to market and how they compete was there any correlation between um a company's progress in cloud migration and in their path down uh 65 or um google etc and um 
their you know remote work effectively? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that one, Zach. I'm yeah. really sorry. It's a, it's a really good question, but I I haven't got any data on that. I'm afraid. Um, would your Would your hunch be that um, you know organizations that that are already well down that that road are you know more successful in in the pandemic? Yeah, I mean it. It's something about the business resilience that you know running your operations from the cloud gives you particularly when it's a kind of like hybrid multi-cloud in, in environment it means that you can spin things up you can switch things off you can scale them out mm. at speed um, and to have the flexibility to do that i think in today's business environment is so is so critical um you know we, we know that all industries are facing massive disruption uh, from you know competition from new tech startups from uh, um, you know from Chinese um, uh, you know or you know uh, you know um, emerging market um, or organizations and in that environment you've got to act with speed you've got to be agile um, and that's what cloud technology gives you uh, it means that you're not shackled by the uh, you know the technology stack that's within your firewall you generally can, you know, you know, respond rapidly. And and in, in IBM, we, we have a phrase that, you know, speed is the new business competence. Mm. You want to be fast uh, in, uh, you know, in, in, in whatever market in which you operate. Cloud gives you that speed, that fleet of foot, that ability to uh, act at pace. Right. Great. Um, Andy, any, any parting thoughts for us? Um, Interestingly, there was a piece of research that we carried out at the start of the pandemic, you know, about this whole piece around, you know, people working remotely. And initially, 75% uh, of business leaders, 75% said, look, actually, we're helping our people to work remotely. When we did the same sort of question to employees, you know, are you know organizations helping you? Only 38% mm. of employees said that they were feeling they were being helped. And I think that's the gap that organizations still need to need to address. Now we've been really surprised at how adaptable and resilient our workforce are. But I think the challenge now, particularly as we start to think about what this new normal is going to be, this hybrid remote working office-based working is going to look like it's incumbent upon us as business leaders to create the culture um the technology and the ways of working so that our employees can um you know uh, you know survive um and thrive in the new business environment and therefore help our companies to survive and thrive in the new economic economic environment whatever that holds Great. Um, well, very good. Andy, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Okay, great. Great to speak with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWcomo. Until next time. <laughs>